Welcome to the Digging Dexter podcast with Victor. And uh, Colton Duffy. Hey, y'all, this is Colton. And this is Victor. And does anyone want to invest in my new crawfish business? If anyone's out there, I got uh, some takers, some investors. Mm. Just let me know. Episode 7. God damn it. Every time. Season 7, <laughs> episode 10. Dark. Whatever. So we're down to the uh, final three episodes of this season. And I kind of want to get right into things. Colton, I'm going to let you pick live on air. Uh, try to try to discuss something before we get into the actual episode. I have a Bill O'Reilly clip that we kind of reference almost every time we record. Ironically, not this time. Or okay. a, a uh, radio announcer freaking out on a bad call in basketball. If you are familiar at all with basketball, there's a referee that people have a problem with. His name is Ed Malloy. And he, it is funny what happens. I'll just leave it at that. Or the Bill O'Reilly clip, which I'm sure you've heard. I'm not sure if most people have heard um, your your call. And to be fair, we could do both. <laughs> well, if that's the situation, I'm going to go ahead and stick with both. Fine, fine. Which one first? <laughs> which one first? Oh, well, because we're doing a live, so we got to go with Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you know who Bill O'Reilly, I guess it doesn't matter. Um, let's listen to is he it. Still for- around? I mean, I'm I sure he's still alive, know. but is he yeah. like? Yeah, I was just I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Oh no, um, a classic, a classic clip of Bill O'Reilly. Uh, you'll sense why <laughs> it's funny. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know what. <laughs> whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but okay. The, now I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Any? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out? It's, it's Sting is going to do. It's a video. Sting video. Okay. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? <laughs> to end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Okay. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. <laughs> do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Oh my god! I have to clip for future episodes. Do it. Uh, Fuck that sucks. Fucking thing sucks. That's what you got to do. Anytime me and Como are working on something, we're always like, fucking thing sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. If it, I, I didn't have it clipped properly or else I would have that in our our uh, bank here. Um, but that is um, – yeah. anytime we're talking, we'll, we'll say like, yeah, we'll just do it live on air. And it's usually, it's usually Colton who's like, we'll do it live. <laughs> um, 
this Ed Malloy clip. Um, this is doing a radio, you know, he's doing radio play by play. And, uh, I mean, he spells it out rather clearly, um, what's going on. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming you've never heard this Colton. Mm -mm. You don't even know who Ed Malloy is. I have no clue. No, he's just a, he's just a basketball referee. Okay. I mean, if you're really into basketball, you know who he is, but, um, just, just a, a funny play out of how this happens. Down by two, 198, inbound to Love on the left side with one dribble, goes up for the shot, it's blocked by Marion. The ball comes into the arms of Dalibear. The horn sounds and the ball game is over. The Timberwolves are screaming for a foul. There was none called. Rubio off to Love. Oh, that's a foul! Love moved to his left on Marion. Sean had his hand out. He went right across the arm of Love. That is unbelievable. The referees are booed as they go off the floor. Brutal! <laughs> David Guthrie is right there. He didn't have the guts to call it. Also, go oh, Ed Malloy! <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Just the way he yells, go oh, Ed Malloy! <laughs> Um, the guts to call it. Oh my even, god! Without even realizing, I have uh, this clipped. Brutal. So I, I guess we can <laughs> we oh can uh, we can add that to our little uh, sound bank that we have, our ever growing um, sound bank. Gonna, um, season eight is going to be amazing. I cannot season, wait. <laughs> season eight is going to be brutal. <laughs> season seven, episode ten. Dark. Whatever. Uh, this episode, so it's so funny. I, I have, I have one mindset of how this season plays out. And as I sort of get to the ending, I'm almost mm -hmm. second guessing how I think and feel about some of this. Um, okay. This episode, let me tell you off the bat. Um, I got really mad at the Clint McKay, Hannah's father storyline. Mm -hmm. yep. And the phantom storyline mm -hmm. is the whole point of it is to get to where we get to at the end of the episode when Dexter is about to kill. That's the realization. Mm -hmm. I, it just felt like I talked, right. How many times do I bring up? These should have been 10 episode season. This is an episode you can totally cut. Obviously there's huge things that happen, but this can be packaged in, in, you know, some of that, you know, uh, uh, whatever it could just, you could take the good from this and you could have spread it into other episodes. hundred um, percent. So this, this episode is just kind of, I'm very lukewarm on it. Uh, and, and that's like almost like the best I could say about it. Like I'm very tepid. I'm very fought. Like, you know what? I'm literally the episode title. That's how I am. I'm like the dark, whatever. Sure. <laughs> sure. If this is what you decided to give us, I always thought season seven was great. And I kind of still do think that there have been some pretty lull episodes. We just had a great episode in uh, Argentina, right? An episode we really like really well done. And then this episode is just, I mean, whatever. Uh, and, and obviously we'll get into specifics of it in just a bit. Anything you, you know, as a, as an overall, 
conversation uh want to add to that before we get into it no um base i mean I, I have the exact same opinions on it um i don't I, there's a lot and I, we'll get into it I, same opinion that's all i'm gonna say for right now just same opinion okay. yeah um and something i'm sorry you brought it up but i did not go over this with you um i have obviously the dex hannah mckay i have the phantom I have obviously a mention of Quinn, and then I have a mention of Laguerta. Do you want to mm-hmm. bang through Quinn, Laguerta, Phantom, and then the uh, Deb Hannah McKay as the ending? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let me. I'll I'll split it up a bunch here. Um, in basically, I mean, it's 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 the only storyline that he actually gets. Uh, uh, Quinn. I mean, just to set it up, Quinn gets a phone. And I forgot how much this pissed me off, too. Quinn gets mm-hmm. a phone call, shows up to the strip club. George is roughing up Nadia, kind of fucking brutally punches her in the face a few times. And yeah. then Quinn, out of anger, shoots George. And Batista I- is there. Um, and so he lets... Batista sort of lets Quinn go because he stages it like Nadia. Sh- well, Nadia shoots him, so it looks like George shot at him, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. So Nadia gets to get let go. She's here illegally. Takes says she earned the money, <laughs> so just kind of let go. And Batista even says like, "Hey, is this real? Everything you told me?" And he's like, "Yep." Um, and obviously, the reason why Nadia can't stay is because if she is a witness, the the, the Brotherhood will have her killed. Right. Um, y- y- your thoughts on this progress of the storyline for Quinn? I, I don't like it. Like, and it's not that I don't. <laughs> I'm not even trying to sit there and say like, okay, I like that they're redeeming Quinn or something like that. It's not that I dislike it. I just I don't like it because it's lazy. That's all it is. It's a really lazy storyline at this point. Um, I I have been very nice. I have not been nitpicking i've not been mad at the last several episodes so i'm about to unleash some pent up picking rage so i just it's it was really lazy writing on this there's no reason for one there's no reason for them to have gone through quinn's whole storyline to this is going to be how it's basically ending um i mean because that's what we're on we're on the end the end slope of his storyline for this season and not only one did we get a dissatisfaction of Isaac getting killed by um, uh, what uh, George, right? That was a huge disappointment. Like we were hoping for Dexter killed. Brutal! Exactly. Or maybe even him getting away. Instead, he gets killed by George. And then George, who has been behind all these horrible things as well, gets shot by Quinn. And that's it. Like, it just kind of leaves like a little bit of like a melancholy, like feeling inside because of that. (laughs) And then I, I, I'm, I could be wrong on this, but if I'm not mistaken, this is the last we see of Nadia. So at least of this season, I don't know if she comes back next season or not. I don't think so. But with this season, at least if I'm not mistaken, this is the last we see of her. And that's how her storyline ends is go on. And then we see her walking away. I don't know. It's, it's just really lazy. That's all. It's, so I uh, I bring it up a lot this season. They're finally stripping away all of the normalities they burn around Dexter. Like no one knows about Dexter. He's always going to get away. He's going to get the villain in the end, and we're going to rinse, wash, repeat. This season they obviously changed a lot of that, and yes. I think some of that. What they also tried to do this season is 
give the surrounding characters story. They tried it with Quinn, and it was decent, meaning mm-hmm. there was some intrigue there. But it also feels like they didn't know how to tie that shoe. They had the knot ready to go. You know, they they had everything there, and then they just to see the king. And then Quinn kills George, and then we're out. And it's like, okay, um, did Quinn, did Quinn, the character, change at all from the beginning of the season to the end? Um, what was uh. the what was the point of it? And this is a very clear Dexter bone cut of now we're done with the strip club and the the Kashka Brotherhood and all that. That's it. Yeah. You know, we, we we got rid of Isaac. We got rid of George. It's all over. Um, maybe we have a little bit of a different opinion if we didn't know how these two episodes ends, but we're doing spoilers and everything, and we don't have to pretend like, oh, maybe the the brotherhood comes after Quinn now. Like, no, we we know this is it. This is this is your end of your the end of the line. Um, one of the biggest flaws of the Dexter show is. They never know what to do with the surrounding characters. They always have yeah. Deb handled. They always have Dex handled. Dexler handled. You're talking about Masuka, Batista, LaGuerta, Quinn. Um, no point. Like just they they're just treading water, doing nothing. Um, and how quickly they even make it look so that Quinn is didn't just murder somebody, <laughs> right? They, they, they even give him the out because like. That's actually intrigue. Quinn shot somebody. A cop mm-hmm. killed a civilian. Leave it at that. Let's explore that. Nope. You know, um, it's all nice and neat. Yeah. Very, very melancholy, like you said. Just like a, okay, whatever. I guess we're yeah. out. End of, end of the line. Brutal! <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, uh, I guess we can uh, do LaGuerta really quick as well. Um, LaGuerta gets Matthews to agree uh, about following up on Dexter, but Matthews sort of smartly brings up like, hey, forget following Dexter. Why don't we follow what happened with Dokes um, up to the leading days? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they go to and very, very good of this show to we're really pulling extracting from season two. We're going to go back to that cabin, which is such a huge part of season two. Um, right. And as a viewer, you are like, hey, you know, you're you're getting them to like. I feel like if you if we were back in uh, 2012, like, hey, bring up the cabin. Oh, you bring up the cabin. Great, go to the cabin. Oh, that's right, it's exploded. They didn't rebuild on it. Like, you know, so that that's that stuff is good. Right. Um, and it turns out that this cabin was originally rented to Santos Jimenez, who Dexter. Do you remember who that is? Who Dexter kills in season two? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was the one at the bar. the bar, right? Yeah, 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 on the yeah. pool table. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then which obviously is one of the guys who had killed Dexter Morgan's brother uh, I actually have Mother. a what did I say what did I say brother, brother. Yeah. yeah sorry Brutal. <laughs> uh, I actually have a sound clip that I wanted to play here uh, anything anything on this before I get to the sound clip and it's just mostly well I, I, anything before I play this because I want to explain something before I play this no no not yet um, they, you know, I, I always say they always make the surrounding characters around Dexter just dumb as nails. They just can't put two and two together. They can't 
explain how the guy in blood spatter analyst uh, analysis has been behind all of this shit for the past six years of their lives. Right. Um, words you would think a you would never hear another character say on here is what Laguerta says and how she pinpoints and she is one thousand percent one thousand percent correct about her analysis of Dexter. And I just I just cut it up of how pinpoint right she is on all of this. Okay. We can't ignore the facts. The Bay Harbor Butcher took blood slides from his victims. Dexter is a blood spatter analyst and Dokes always thought there was something off about Dexter. What if Dokes was onto him? Jesus, what if Dexter is the real Bay Harbor Butcher? What if he isn't? Uh, I just love that they are really they're not at this point in the season they are not tiptoeing around how obvious some of the stuff is well next season next episode not to get too much but they go into more on that sure um and yeah but this is this is good because this is where they're starting on it it's nice it's nice plotting to get to where we're going to get to um but i i just i i like that everything LaGuardia was saying was like 1000% spot on. And like, you know, she wants to go question Dexter right there. And Matthew's like, no, 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 let me, I'm, I'm closest to him. But if you want to play alternate reality, if LaGuardia follows up on from this point, not where we're going to be, but right there, she probably has a really good case. Um, But obviously we're in TV land and two more, two more episodes have to, 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 uh, clog this up um mm-hmm. so i just thought it, it was it was it was really good stuff of of how on the on the nose she is about everything yeah um anything we'll keep we'll move on to the phantom the only thing i wanted to mention and i don't know why this, I'm, not, I'm not actually not i'm not nitpicking on this at all is i don't know what it is but them meeting at this like uh chinese, chinese dining uh-huh it was so stereotypical, but yet so well done. I really liked it, actually. Like, it was all dingy and dark. And he even makes, like, a point. Matthews makes a point, something like, this is, like, some um, caper-type, like, environment that you would meet, like, a spy at or something like that. And then I, I thought it was so funny, but then they're doing all this. But then he's like, because <laughs> it kind of reminds me of what Dexter was saying whenever Isaac was last around, where they're like, well, let's talk about this. He's like, well, but first, let's order some food. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but then they're both like pulling the menus up. And then of course I was sitting there doing, it, I was like, I don't really want some general chose chicken right now. <laughs> oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> is that, uh, um, is that, is that if you're ordering, I'm not a big Chinese food guy, but if you're ordering like takeout, right. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you get? General's house chicken. Yeah. All the time. And I want it spicy. Oof. Oh um, yeah. No, I eat the I little think- red peppers in it and everything. I want a hot. Yeah. Oh God! Brutal. <laughs> I get um, I'm I I don't like I'm not a Chinese food person. I like uh I'm I'm very basic. I get uh, chicken and broccoli, pork fried rice. Okay, little a little soy sauce on the rice. Mix it all up, one big uh, jambalaya of sorts. I do like uh the fried rice. I always get fried rice with it. Um, if I don't get that one, I'm going beef and broccoli all day. I like beef and broccoli. Yep. Um. <clears throat> Let's move it along to the Phantom. I have big problems with a lot of this. Um, 
let's we'll get to this storyline almost splits into two and yeah. what i mean by that is in the beginning uh, dexter is convinced well i'm sorry let me go back a little bit the opening scene where dexter arrives to uh um is it an elevator again i, I forget i'm sorry i think it was a um an outside an apartment because they said that one of the victims was a six-year-old who was on the toilet or the mom was in the toilet and they were in the bathtub or something like that. They make reference that um, I think it's a restaurant then, right? Or maybe that's what it is. I thought it was um, an, an I think, apartment. Maybe it was a, a rest a restaurant. I think it's a restaurant. And, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, I mean, I'm going to ask the question just in case. Do you remember this location at all? No, I don't. This location is the same exact spot where. Dexter and Trinity in season four uh, on the episode Roadkill, which I think is 408. Um, remember when Tr- Dexter and Trinity go to this uh, Dexter fakes he's at a news conference, uh, weather mm-hmm. weather conference, and he's really there with Trinity and Trinity goes to speak to the other family and he's telling them all about how he killed his sister and everything. And, and Dexter has to come and like pull him out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, literally the same exact they're shot for shot the same exact place where they filmed huh. that. Um, just interesting. Uh, um, and we have another reused uh, location shot here uh, later in the episode. Anyway, um, so Dexter's dark, whatever, passenger, Spidey senses, basically detecting that this guy, Basso, is uh, one of, uh, it could possibly be the Phantom. And I oh, personally- Oh, wait a minute. You're right on, I'm getting mistaken. Because this is how it starts, and then later on there's another one, and that's when it was the kid. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm probably get- go ahead, go ahead. I think I'm getting mixed up on some stuff. Sorry. And this guy who's like the fire arson chief, um, is who Dexter is. Like, yep, this is the guy. This is the guy. Mm-hmm. I and again, it's I have to try and put myself back in the shoes of Victor of 2012, and. I remember even thinking back then, well, Dexter's so sure about this. It's clearly not him. Like, and I don't know if the episode was going to set up something like, oh, maybe I don't have to kill because this isn't the guy. But and quickly into the episode, Dexter trails Basso to a park and he finds out he's a war reenactment, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you ever seen this in real life? Uh, Civil War reenactment. I have personally never seen one. I actually have a couple friends that do them, though. Um, I've never, I've never even heard of them being real things. The the friends I have that do them, um, they all live in. Um, one lives in Georgia, one lives in South Carolina. So like the Dixie South. Um, apparently they're pretty big there. So I'm, I'm not into it. I could see like if you're really into history and stuff like that, being into it, it's not, it's not something I would go to. I don't know, but I'm not gonna go to a World War Two war reenactment either like i'll go to sites i'm all about i am a big history buff i love going to sites but an actual reenact i I don't know i could care less yeah if you're um if you're a person who does that you could uh you could feel free to stop listening that's that's okay with me um (laughs) i (laughs) i'm I'm not gonna go that i was like see i'm not gonna go that i mean I'm assuming, I'm assuming the people that are into that are really into history. I will say that my two friends that are into it, both of them are super into history. Um, they're big. One of them, she's really big into just like the whole cosplay type lifestyle though. Cause she doesn't just do that. 
So she does like Renaissance festivals. She actually does like cosplay like at like Comic Cons. She's just big into like doing that stuff. My other friend that does it, he's into it just because he's really into just history, like the Civil War and things like that. And to be honest, if we lived in Europe and there was World War II reenactments, he would probably be in that. So my, my only thing with the episode is I am almost 99 percent positive. If this stuff happens, these war reenactments, it most certainly is not happening in Miami. I was going to say it's not happening in Florida. <laughs> so it, it's the most it's it's the one of the most uh transient cities. People are all moving here from other parts of the country and we have a tremendous Cuban population, Hispanic population, Jamaican, uh um Haitian. I I don't see the 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 uh, want or need um to do this. Um well, what's but, whatever. World War was there any I mean World War 2. Was there even any like civil war battles in florida like just cocaine that's what i'm yeah like texas there really was i think there was like one minor scrimmage here like there we're not we're in states that the the civil war wasn't like there wasn't we're not battleground states like that's what it is so um i just found that odd and a a convenient way to let dexter know that this guy is not the guy um and i was like all right so be it and and they they try to do everything they can to make it look him guilty. He has all this stuff in his car, and obviously it's not. So what we come to find out is the guy, uh, there's a really quick scene of that interview. Uh, everyone's interviewing people at the station, and the guy Batista was interviewing is, turns out, is the one who, who's been the phantom. Um, goes on this bus, starts spraying people with gasoline, lights people, lights this one guy on fire. Um, this is where I wanted to bring up this scene. So Dexter arrives at the crime scene. And this is something if you if you watch Dexter multiple times like I have, and then you follow like this this uh, shooting look filming locations, this this is the same exact spot that the Barrow Girls truck opened, and all the girls are on the floor. It's literally mm. the same exact spot where that's filmed. It's a few doors down is Vogel's house in season eight, <laughs> and this is the same exact block that Lila and Dexter go on their little stealing spree in season two. And I brought this, really? I, brought, I brought this area up plenty of times cause it's, it's, they always shoot here. Um, just funny. Um, so basically they can't find, uh, they, they, they have a fingerprint, but they can't match it. Uh, only in juvenile. Um, something I wanted to show with you Colton here. Excuse me, and I'm not going to be able. This is not going to be a visual medium, or rather, an audio medium for you folks at home. But I will post this on our social media. Um, when Dexter goes to the juvenile, uh, the, the the records, juvenile records, mm-hmm. he wants to match the fingerprints. Um, did anything catch your eye at all that would make me bring this up? Oh no. fuck. No. Okay, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, show my screen here, and you can determine for yourself exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I, we're on Zoom here, Colton. If you could see my Zoom, let me know. Okay. Does anything Does anything there look familiar? Um, I mean, I did remember looking at the two guys behind him because I thought it was kind of strange, but um, I don't know if that's what it is or not. That's Miami Metro repurposed. 
Oh my god, it is. <laughs> it's the same exact. They just moved a few walls around. They added uh, this shrubbery right here. They put these two pictures on the wall, but that's Miami Metro. I'm almost I did positive not that, even that, realize that. That's the same door they use for. Um, I'm almost positive that's evidence room. You know, with that window is open and everything. Uh-huh. Um, they've done this plenty of times on the show. Uh, the airport in season two with Lila is leaving the country is uh, is literally Miami Metro. Miami Metro, yeah, because of the part where she's walking through. That's when like they're looking. Every time Dexter's looking through the window at somebody walking by, that's exactly what that one was. Um, um, so it was just really funny. I was like, wait, this is this is a terrible recreation of what 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 it's supposed to be. Um, but here here's actually what I wanted. And this is hard to do because when we're we're going to be bouncing around storylines here. But you know what? I'm going to save this clip uh, because this is a lot of. Yeah, I'm going to have to save these two clips for for the end. Or can I get into it here? You know what? I'll, I'll do the, the Harry one here because a big part of this episode is. Dexter realizing the dark passenger is kind of something he just completely made up as a means for giving giving an excuse for him being allowed to kill and feel no guilt, no shame, no responsibility of for mm-hmm. it. It's just it's something he made up to to kind of glide through life and what he sort of realizes in well, well I'll save that for 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 the ending. Um but the conversation he has with Harry is something I wanted to play because it's Dexter telling himself, right, if however we want to think of what Harry's position is, um, that, yeah, like, I, I Harry never said Dark Passenger. That is something you brought up on your own. I have nothing to do with that. Um, let, let's let hear it from Harry's word himself. That okay. was right. Now that I have proof, my urges are beyond my control. You're Dark Passenger. Where'd you come up with that anyway? I thought I got it from you. I gave you the code. The dark passenger was all yours. You said it got into me too early in that shipping container, like you thought I was possessed. I meant you were traumatized, Dexter. Not possessed. And again, this is hard to like bring up on the front end because we haven't discussed it yet, but like all the sort of the phantom story, the phantom plot storyline, its only purpose is to serve that Dexter eventually realizes like, hey, this dark passenger, Hannah's right, and we'll get into it. Like, I never needed this. I made it up. Um, and, it, and it serves the end of Hannah's storyline, too, with, with her father, Clint McKay. Um, right. And when, again, we'll, we'll get into this more in a little bit when we get into that storyline. When Dexter, he's about to kill the Phantom and... After he does some monologuing, he says, fuck. And then you just see Miami Metro pull up. Mm-hmm. Was there any part of you that thought they are trying to sell you? Not, not, not that he was going to get caught, but they were trying to sell you that he's going oh, to Oh, yeah. They were yeah. definitely selling some uh, false goods, 100%. But it, it was it was never, like, actually in my mind. Like, no. I was like, oh, okay. Like, they're going to walk in. They're going to find him. Um, I to be fair, thought they would find, they would find nothing. And then he would like be somewhere else. And like Dexter was going to be like contemplating what he was going to do or something like that. But, but at the same time, whenever she's going in, like rewatching it and 
they're saying something like that's what the caller said. I was like, oh, I should have realized Dexter was the anonymous tip person. So, yeah. If you would have paused this back in 2012 live right here and asked me, is Dexter about to get caught or is he going to very silly, stupid get away and slip out the back door? I would have said yes, because in my head, what I thought really quick was here's another person wrapped up on a table and this is going to get to LaGuardia. And it's I like, can see wow. that. But I can see thinking that. But then, like the next scene, they show like the suit, and Deb realizes, and Deb even says, "Thanks for helping us on the Phantom." Um, but right there, that is what I thought really quick in my mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I could tie up a lot of the Phantom storyline in Hannah and Dexter if you want to keep moving. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, you know the 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 title of the episode is "The Dark Whatever," and what the, the storyline is trying to uh, convey there and like, kind of like the clip we just saw from Harry is like this dark passenger Dexter thinks he has, he actually doesn't. It's just something all in his head that again, lets him get away with everything. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea that if we're going to strip away all of the stuff from usual Dexter's show, you know, where no one knows and everything, let's also take away this dark passenger because it's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like in, in all reality, just just the idea that he has and anytime I mean, I think he even brought it up to Deb earlier in this season and she's like, you're what? Like, yeah, this this is just a, it's silly. It's silly more than it's anything else. Um, And, and I think you have the perfect character. <laughs> That's my dog running in. and He's nuts right now. You have the perfect character of Hannah uh, doing this for for mm-hmm. dexter you know like someone who they, they they see each other and whatnot um so we have hannah's father who shows up clint mm-hmm. mckay uh needs to reconcile his past because of in prison being a bad dad whatnot uh brings up old bad memories of this dollhouse do you want to get into any of his backstory or we just keep moving it along i just want to mention that it's bobby singer from supernatural that's the only thing i want to mention <laughs> So hey, did you see in the um and 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 Colton's gonna start a side job doing the IMDb trivia. Um, did you read any of the trivia <laughs> for this? Did you read any of the trivia for this episode? There was only one. It was the one I sent you. It was um. I'll pull it up. Even it was the only one that I sent you. Let me. Oh wait, I thought that was the no, one that, that, I, that sent I think I think that was. Oh, last that one. was last one. Oh, I did not pull up this one. So let's talk about I have never watched Supernatural, so I don't know any of this. But for people who and we're just pulling this directly off IMDb trivia um, and I'm going to read it off word for word here. This episode highly references the show Supernatural. A guest star is the actor Jim Beaver. Great last name who played a recurring role in Supernatural as Bobby. This is the name of that the arsonist is writing on all of his crime scenes. The name of the phantom arsonist is Joseph Jensen. A reference to one of the main actors of Supernatural, Jensen. Jensen. Oh my god, that is so stupid. Uh, <sighs> I cannot figure out what the connection is because the writers have never done it, and the director on this episode never have done it either. Um, I have no, I have no, and if any of the writers were, because I didn't go through each of them, I don't know why they chose this episode to throw that stuff in, but. I don't, I don't believe know. that's it at all. The Bobby one. Okay. I was going to make a reference actually about the Bobby one. Cause he's like, Bobby's a kid's name. Okay. So, um, 
Clint McKay plays Bobby Singer in Supernatural. Bobby Singer is a huge, a huge character. The first, oh God, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there are supernatural fans on the podcast. So please forgive me. Cause I'm going to be making some mistakes on this, but I want to say Bobby was a massive character for the first, like seven seasons. Okay. Um, it, I want to say supernatural went for like 14, 15 seasons. Um, I stopped watching after seven. So he may be a massive character through the very end. I, I just couldn't watch it anymore. The storyline started kind of falling apart for me. I just couldn't finish it. I really should now that I know that it's over with. So I should start binging the shit out of it. Um, but he plays Bobby and Bobby is a great character. Like he's probably one of my favorite characters on the whole show. Watching him play Clint McKay is so much different because Bobby in supernatural, he plays this like, Kind of like a kind of like a redneck. He plays a really good redneck type guy, right? But he's also like really like nurturing and like kind of like this kind, but like hard headed. But he's also ultimately out for your good. And then whenever you're watching this, like when he's first showing up and the way he's acting all nice, you're like, oh, it's Bobby. That's kind of cool. But then when he's like, you fucking bitch, and I'm like, that's not Bobby. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> so, yeah. But he's that's that's the main thing I know him from. I he yeah. It's Supernatural's a really good show. Like I said. I just couldn't get past season. Like, I think it was seven is when I ended it. So, yeah, I've never even um, seen. I don't even know what the show is, to be completely honest. Um, But it's it's really good. The first season is one of the best first seasons of a TV show. It's top 10 easily for me. It's so good. It is such a good show. What network is it? Oh, see, that's the weird thing. I think it was CW. Yeah. Yeah. Like. My old, how I got into, we're going off on a little tangent. Sorry. Um, how I got into it was my roommate at the time, um, that I had, um, me and him have a lot of the same tastes in movies, TV shows and stuff like that. We both were into Dexter at the same time. I got him into six feet under and he was swearing up and down about how Smallville was the best show ever. So I started watching a couple of episodes of Smallville and I told him that his, uh, taste in TV shows sucked at that point because, that was a horrible TV show. I hated Smallville. Sorry for all you Smallville listeners wasn't into it. So he then was telling me about Supernatural and about how great Supernatural was. And I was like, dude, like it's Ghost Hunters on a kid TV show, like a, 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 a teen TV show. Like there's no way it's any good. And he was like, all right, man. He was like, dude, he's like, let's get a six pack of beer. He was like, let's watch the first episode. He's like, if you don't like the first episode, we won't watch it anymore. He's like, I won't bring it up again. I'll, I'll forget about it. And I was like, fair enough. I, I get some beer out of it. Right. We watched that first episode. I watched the first half of the first season that night. Like I could yeah. not stop watching it. It was so good. It's, it's really, it's actually a, it's a really good show. I hope it ends good. I don't know nothing about how it ends. So, but it's a phenomenal show. Um, yeah, I, I'm seeing here it is. It is CW. Um, yeah, I thought it was something like that. Cool. Well, for whatever reason, there's a ton of, well, I guess a few Easter eggs in here regarding that. No idea I just, why, but I think that's all. Coinc- I think it's all coincidence personally, but, um, so, uh, we, we the Dexter, I'm sorry, the Clint and Hannah storyline. It looks like Clint is here for a good reason. And that alone is enough for us, the audience to say, I guess there's something else coming up here. There's no reason why he would just show up. 
Right. And they give you that thing of like, yeah, he was in prison. So, you know, he has to be bad. Um, and really quickly, the storyline just unravels. Um, you know, they're having breakfast at Hannah's and all of a sudden uh, he asks for money for his crawfish business. Hannah says, I, I can't do that right now. And he flips out. And really quickly, he goes from charming dad here just to make sure his daughter's okay to I'm an asshole and I'm only yeah. here for money. Um, and again, I'm not even sure if I'm nitpicking or as much as I'm like, well, this just seems super fast. Like, guy's here. Okay. And now he's automatically bad. You know, next scene, he's running over the flowers after denying him alone. Like, Dexter almost is like choking him out, kind of giving you that like. Well, this even annoying. He was wasted. He got wasted, drunk to do it and stuff. Like they, I don't know. I was kind of sorry because, like I said, having having Jim Beaver come on for this, like they said, he's not like a unknown actor. Like, he's been in a bunch of stuff, and to have him come on for just this quick little bit and to like do, I don't know. I was really kind of surprised they did this. It was it, it was just a lot of it just happened so quick. Like he went from charming dad trying to do good to automatically evil to the point of Dexter wants to kill him. And I go I know there's more behind Dexter wanting yeah, to kill yeah, him yeah. there, but it's it's just so fast how it happens. Um and again it it's like okay, you know, this is this is the point of him showing up is the end scene of Dexter being able to kill him. Um, it, just, it happens so, so quick, so fast. We are really rushing this one episode um, to, to, to a point where I don't even know if he was necessary. You could have almost done the storyline with Sal Price, you know, yeah. uh, um, you could have, you could have altered his character and eliminated Clint McKay. But again, 10 episode season um, to make Hannah feel better. And I think I said this uh, during my my the the season five podcast. Um, I love that Dexter's thing is pancakes. It's just I, I I can't even explain why I like it. It's just something I like that it's like a thing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, if let me ask you if this if this bothers you or if you are type this type of person because wow. So Dexter's making uh he makes this whole breakfast for Hannah. Because she had a, a pretty shitty day the day before. So being a good boyfriend uh, makes this whole nice spread, pancakes and everything. Mm-hmm. And then they always do shit where Dexter's like, he looks at his phone. Oh, got to go to work. The TV trope of beautiful, nice breakfast. And mm-hmm. you're all dressed like you're ready to take on the day. And then you leave for work. Horseshit. I mean... <laughs> Honestly, if you're someone who has this, God bless you. It's such a TV trope that I, I will never be able to get over because, oh, my God, since probably like fifth, oh, my God, like fourth grade of my life, I'm getting up and it's an immediate rush to get to get out of the house properly with everything I need for the day. How does anyone else, if if any of you people out there are like this, where you have this orange juice and milk and coffee and this whole breakfast spread out there, and you're not someone who's grabbing Pop-Tarts out the door, if you even eat breakfast, a banana, something to eat at work later, I would love to know if anyone's like this. This would mean, what time do you, what time would you have to be at work, Colton? Okay. No, pre, I, pre, I, pre, pre-pandemic. 
I was going to say, no, I'll, I've got a whole answer to all of this. So, oh my God, pre- are you one of these people? No, oh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, pre pandemic, I had to be at work at nine. Okay, and I work 15 minutes away from my house. Okay, so my commute is literally 15 minutes. I'm still out the door at 8 30. Okay, I'm waking up at 7 30. And I'm still in a rush to get out the door at 8.30. And that's me doing maybe coffee. If I'm lucky, I'll make coffee at the house. Like, that's me getting lucky. Normally, I don't even get that lucky. And it's me getting to the office 15, 20 minutes early and getting my coffee there. I don't I don't really eat breakfast. Pandemic happens. I have to be logged on at 9 a.m. Okay? So my commute is literally nothing. Okay? The first week, two weeks of pandemic, I was like, ooh, you saw like the stuff like that was on like like Facebook. I was like, I'm super dad. I'm gonna be making breakfast for my wife. I'm gonna be making breakfast for my my daughter. So I'm sitting there making eggs and bacon and all that. And I get done and I getting breakfast served and I look over the clock and I'm like, shit, it's 845. I was like, I gotta get to work. I still gotta get my coffee. I still gotta log on and stuff like that. Pre-pandemic, we can still not have juice, homemade pancakes, like a spread. No, it's impossible. It's it's pleasant filled with a lie. It's, <laughs> it's such a TV trope, um, and it's just it's something I maybe lie to myself every now and then that I'm going to get up early and make breakfast. Um, to be fair, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about my morning routine. Marissa does get up and do have a uh, peanut butter on toast almost every morning. She has about ten minutes to do so. Ten minutes. <laughs> I was gonna say that's yeah, ten, yeah. that's like the easiest thing ever. Like, I mean, good for her for doing that. Like, yeah. yeah. But to do like pancakes and all that, like, because okay, so I will say, and I am pretty good about this. Saturdays are like a thing that I try to do, like Saturday stuff, Saturday or Sunday. One of them, I'll try to get up early. And like, I'm the one that like, when Grace starts crying, I get up, like, she's like, I need to get up. I want to do something. I let Meg sleep in. I get up, I make breakfast and stuff like that then. But even then it's doing like breakfast tacos or something like that. <laughs> and we're still sitting down to eat at like nine 30. Yeah. Like it, it's, and, and, but you're, you're most importantly, you're talking about a day you're not working. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. No, a, regular, it, a regular it, weekday? Never. It's a TV trope I'll never I'll never be able to get over. Um tying the two stories together here. Oh, um breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um th- this is more so from what I was saying before, uh when I was playing the clip of uh uh, uh Deb and um sorry, Dexter and Harry. Um it, it also harkens back to a point earlier in the season where Deb was saying to Dexter, like, you're making this sound like you're the victim mm-hmm. instead of all the people you're killing, you know, because you're possessed. Like Harry says, it's a lot easier to pretend you're being controlled than to actually take responsibility. Um, there's, there's, it's a, it's a, I guess let, let me bring back some of what the negative I gave to this episode because it is a, proper what's the word i'm looking for i like the story they're trying to tell about dexter's dark passenger Mm -hmm. i just don't love the way they get there i love the car i don't like how it drives 
for lack of a better, you know. Okay. Uh, um, and, and we're going to tie this all together here. Uh, Dexter, I'm sorry, does Dexter kill Clint? Yes, you know what? Mm-hmm. So l- let me get into this here. Um, this is right before Dexter is about to, you know, so this is after Dexter talks with Harry and realizes like, Hey, I never created the dark passenger. That was you. And he has the phantom and he's about to kill him. And this is what he says that I almost, I was kind of was like let in my head, like giggling that this is so obvious what Dexter is saying. How doesn't, I thought he was joking, but it's Dexter's way of realizing that the dark passenger stuff is, is right. Is correct. What Hannah says, I'll let, 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 I'll play that here. I didn't say it. Bobby did. It was all his idea, but then he died and I got caught. They sent me to the nut house. Like I was crazy. It's all because of Bobby fucking asshole. So does he still talk to you? Is Bobby the one telling you to set these fires? No, that would make me crazy. And I'm not fucking crazy, but I only hurt people because of Bobby. No, you're the one who's setting those fires. You're the one who's burning people alive. You can't blame it on something that happened to you when you were a kid. You're not a kid anymore. It's time for you to take responsibility. Fuck. And it's almost... It's a little weird that as Dexter is saying all this stuff, he doesn't realize that sooner what he's saying because he's literally saying his own storyline. You know, uh, um... You know, it's convenient dialogue from yeah the, the Phantom that that's making Dexter realize all of this. Um, that's I, I like it. I just don't like the execution of it. You know, um, yeah. And then it, it kind of all ties together that after this, Dexter and Clint meet in a garage. Uh, Dexter kills Clint. I don't know. Like I know Clint is a shithead and everything, and he's definitely you know. He served his time. It wasn't murder or anything. And Dexter clearly says, right? Like, I don't have to kill you. I want to kill you. This is Dexter abusing his power a little bit. No? Yeah. It it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. And the only reason, the only thing, not reason, the only thing I can justify on it, it, and I don't mean justify, like um, putting into context of the show, it's kind of like with what you've been talking about. He's getting sloppy. Um, This is him now bending the rules and bending his abilities that he has to fit his needs because he didn't kill Hannah who clearly met all of his, his rules. Right. And then he's now killed Clint who met none of his rules other than being a shithead essentially. And that's it because Clint wasn't going to turn him in for anything. Clint may have at the very most turned in Hannah and that would have been it. So, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like it, but it, it just doesn't feel right. It just, it didn't, it was, it was a shock. And, and again, yeah. I, I know, I know I repeat it so many times, but I, I wish I could throw, I wish you, the audience that's listening can experience what I'm experiencing when uh, I'm watching this for something I've watched so many times. And then I see the scene and it, for the first time it's hitting me this doesn't feel right. Like this does not feel satisfying. And like maybe at the end of the episode, we'll get, you know, we'll get to what, you know, he, he already released some of the information regarding, uh, uh, getting Hannah away. Um, but 
it just doesn't. Yeah, but it, that, that doesn't. Maybe he's. Yeah, maybe he's such. They're trying to make him as such a shithead that we're okay with Dexter killing him. It still but wasn't. It, though. It, it, it still right. It still wasn't. It wasn't executed properly enough, or that wasn't their intention. And the intention is like like you brought up a couple of us ago. Um, Dexter's Dexter's not not as likable anymore. He's doing stuff like this and. You could try, like you, you could try and rationalize it to, to to what the kind of man Clint was, but like it's still it's still not enough. We're talking murder. <laughs> We're talking that guy's life just ended. You know, um, yeah. Being in gambling debt is not a murderous crime. You know, it's not. No, it's being in gambling debt's not. Being an asshole's not. Being a shithead dad, unfortunately, it's not. It, like it's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you know, like. Yeah, that's all I can really say on it. Like, he's not. It doesn't mean he's a good guy. It doesn't mean I'm rooting for him. But sure. still, didn't deserve that. Like, when Dexter tells Hannah Clint won't bother her anymore, do you know, or did you even think of? Is does Hannah know Dexter killed him? Did you yeah. think about this at all? Oh, you, thought- you you think you think he knows? Because well, Dexter gives us, Dexter gives a backstory of. I met up with him. I talked with him, and he's never going to bother you again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you th- you think Hannah knows that Dexter killed him? I think so because the reason I'm saying that is uh, there's a couple things that I look for in things like this, and one of them is he never says it. He never gives a direct answer. Like he never says, "Like I saw him drive away," or "I told him not to come around." He just says, "He won't bother you again." Like. It's kind of like, um, oh my god! I think he says he's he's going to be gone forever. Yeah, but it's that's yeah. not giving a direct answer. Like, um, so it's kind of like okay, like I'm trying to think of like something like um, how to, to like do a compare. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to do the exact comparison to it. But he's not giving those direct answers, and the way that he's wording stuff, he's looking at her directly. The way she reacts, I think that she feels like it's a comfort. Like, I don't think she's necessarily happy that her dad is gone, but she's not upset that her dad's gone, if that makes any sense. Like, I think she knows. I think that she's full on like, okay, like he killed my dad. I didn't want him to do this, but I did not not want him to do this. And, you know, because she knew that she didn't have the guts to do it. Now. That's just my my opinion and what I got from that because I was really kind of wondering what was going to happen from this. So, yeah, I'm. This is another one I'm curious for people to 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 comment on because I don't think Hannah would be able to handle Dexter saying, knowing Dexter killed her father. Okay, I, I don't think Hannah at this stage because she's very emotional this episode. And to be fair, mm-hmm. she's getting a lot of shit thrown at her, a lot of mm-hmm. old stuff thrown at her. Um, I don't think in her current. I think this is something like a few weeks ago she would have been like, okay, well, she wasn't in the middle of it. But I think everything that he just dragged her through at that moment, I believe if she really thought that he did that, I don't. I don't know if she could have handled it, but um, we've had this um, we've had this uh, uh, wall before where you think one thing, I think another, and then yeah. sort of people chime in. And, and again, this is something maybe 
you know, two episodes later, I'm like, oh, wow, you were actually you were right there. Um, I'm curious just to hear what other people think, because I think it's purposely ambiguous. Mm hmm. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's. I've. Maybe it's very clearly. No, Hannah knows, and that's why she's so. That's why she says I love you to him because it's finally got rid of something bad in her life. You know, right? Um, and, and I can see. I can't see it that way, but I just. I really feel that they, they, they went with the intention of, yeah, that she knows. What the way they try to make Dexter figure out how to try to bring up the emotion to say, I love you back to Hannah and they make him say, I think I love you too is it just so weird of like, I know Dexter's this emotional monster and very neat monster and all that. It just didn't feel right. Like it was just like a, like a, like, okay, Dexter, I'll tell you what, in that heat of the moment, right. uh, Mm -hmm. And you say, I love you and you get back. I think I love you. That's an instant, well, okay, I guess I just put myself out there for <laughs> you. And the best you could do is I think I love you, okay? Uh, it just felt weird. Didn't flow for me, personally. But it also fits with who Dexter, I guess, is. Like, that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, this fits who he is. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then our episode ends with a cliffhanger and uh, that clint did let miami metro or maybe specifically deb know about this woman arlene schramm who uh <laughs> could hold some valuable information on getting hannah arrested uh mm-hmm. for previous killing and that's where we can just drop that off because we'll pick that up uh, uh next episode anything else on the dark whatever colton duffy nope so i think most likely we are planning a- another zoom no two <laughs> episodes <laughs> not no oh god oh, uh, no, no, nothing bad no nothing bad i had a fantastic time i cannot say that enough that live zoom is some of the most fun i have had during this pandemic i am not even going to lie that was so much fun so let, let me let me set it up for a second this is this episode I get so confused because I think the episode that just dropped yesterday, which was episode seven, episode seven just dropped. Oh, God, I got I got my shit all confused. Give me a second here while I figure it out. Oh, so episode six. Because what you're going through right now, because I know we are. We are. If if you ever watch Marvel Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, and there's all time hopping, that's exactly where me and Colton are right now. I believe I believe we fake talked about the Zoom in episode six where we said, hey, everyone who joined us, thank you. If you didn't, fuck all y'all. Yes. This episode is actually really the first episode since the After, Zoom. Yes. And yes, a, a, a genuine and sincere thank you uh, uh, to those who attended. It was a lot of fun. We are not doing another one for season seven. Maybe for season eight, we'll figure it out. But um, mm-hmm. it was it was fun. Um, that what 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 i was <laughs> getting into yeah. was i think for the finale episode 11 do you see what i see and episode 12 surprise motherfucker we were going to do one exclamation one. point on the end of there sir you yes. need a uh, within uh, yeah uh <laughs> motherfucker um we're going to do we're going to do two episodes in one meaning 
we're going to discuss 11 and 12 in one podcast episode because mm-hmm. it's it's streamlined enough that it follows one continuous storyline. There's two storylines between Hannah and the Bay Harbor Butcher, and we're going to put that all into one episode. Um, so we're not repeating ourselves. We're going to put it all into one. Yes. So um, you'll have a, a big grand finale episode mm-hmm. um, for this season finale. It'll probably come out the week after this. I have no idea where I'm at with in times. That would be perfect if it comes out. Ooh, if we could, if we could plan it right, it can come out right before New Year's. And when does the episode take place? Oh wow, you want to do? All right, so I'm going to be releasing a bunch of new episodes then. If we can't, I don't know if we can or not. That's a, I'm not trying to like throw it out there. I'm just saying it's a possibility. It's a possibility, the, folks. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> the um um, I guess we can make this decision off air because then we have a lot of. Yeah, yeah, so it was just New Year's, even though it was recorded like last week. Yeah, uh, we could do <laughs> oh, it yeah, though. That's right. That's we right. could do it. I mean, who cares? <laughs> Look, in the end, who cares? Um, oh damn, we're losing sponsors. <laughs> left and right, there goes um, there goes a uh, Hello Fresh. Oh, we had Nike. We had Uber Eats. Was it um, Express VPN? They dropped us. <laughs> all, <laughs> all of it. Um, we, we just butcher block box block. <laughs> I think I, I just got an email that our Super Bowl ad is uh, being denied. So oh, not again. We'll, we'll figure all of this out, and uh, we are more than likely we'll talk to you with a final two episode special. Uh, with that being said, Colton, we will talk to everyone next week. Sounds good. See y'all then. Brutal!